0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. My guest today is the founder of Sacred Touch Body Works, Candice Makins. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. <laughs> and it's Sacred Touch Body Work, no S.
0: Yeah. Oh, no S?
1: Like, yeah, you know how you do body work with cars? Well, I work with humans. So, body work.
0: Let me say this before we we say, before we do, before I ask a question or anything. You were like one of the most warming, engaging people I've ever met.
1: Ah, wow! Wow! Thank you. I yeah, like
0: we, we met at the um at the office, mm-hmm. like the office thing. Like you were just really friendly, like mm-hmm. engaging, but it was weird because like you were friendly engaging, but you also could like take charge. If that yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. You 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 nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my consulting business, I, I'm having to take charge for 30 years uh, as a director of finance and operations. So decision making and getting things moving and done and results oriented. That's how I move. So, yeah, that, you picked it up. So
0: with that that common demeanor you have, mm-hmm. is that from all the yoga and the stretching and <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I, it's funny. I think most people would say, gosh, Candace doesn't really have, you know, a calming per se. You know, I work on it. Um, I am a bit of a firecracker. I can be passionate about a lot of things. But yes, the body work, specifically yoga, Qigong, you know, I've practiced the martial arts. Um, you know, I receive regular body work such as massage and all types of modalities that is to help me stay centered and to help me come from a place of peace and compassion. I don't make it every day, you know, <laughs> I have to say, you know, I'm not one of those people like, oh, i this is man every day, all day. No, you know, I have my emotions, but I think the key is trying to keep those emotions in balance and, and, and growing through those emotions when we have our triggers and saying, okay, why did I respond in that way? How did I get triggered? And what can I do to, you know, work and grow and heal through that?
0: So. Now, were you this way before you don't before you started? The um, sacred touch or you know or you Mm kind of grew into that
1: i mean i think that you know it's been an overall life's journey of progression of growth um you know growing up in a household um where my mother was you know a very devout christian prayed over me my great-grandfather did healing hands work on me, you know, so she, she laid the foundation for a moral code, a character conduct, you know, those types of things. And so um, I think, you know, that there's a Bible scripture that they say, train up in the child in the way that he should go. So my mother or she or she should go. My mother always used to say that scripture. And I, I think it holds true because when you're trained a certain way, there's only so far out of pocket you can get <laughs> before you recognize, like your mama, your dad's in the background saying, "My dad is transitioning." Like, girl, you know, I didn't teach you. I taught you better than that. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. Did, did you? You said you um you had people praying over you and touching you. Mm-hmm. Was that? Did was that like the? way that you got into being a masseuse, um getting into massage, massage therapy,
1: therapy. Mm. yeah it's funny i never really connected it until probably recently actually last year because so a little bit i am a licensed massage therapist i specialize in thai massage which is a modality that's fully clothed but i also teach reiki which is a form of energy work and you know, I realized that, um, and I am a registered yoga teacher, but um, I realized that my great grandfather and my mother through their practices laid hands on me. So I think that really had a impact on me that I didn't even make the connection until recently, you know, uh, that form of healing, that form of creating a space of calm and settling your energies. And then when I was young, my dad used to have me walk on his back and now <laughs> you know and my sister reminded me she was like you know girl you was walking on daddy's back and I'm 52 you know now she was like you were walking on daddy's back when you were a child and I thought wow I didn't even make that connection and my father um, had transitioned eight years or so ago so he never even saw me in this modality of Thai massage and using my feet as hands and my elbows and all of that stuff and so it was a nice remembrance that it really probably started well before I even thought about it.
0: Oh, so he, wow. So he never got a chance to see you actually doing it.
1: Not, not in this plane. You know, I do regularly honor my ancestors. I do believe that my father is always uh, with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, not in this earthly realm, in this physical realm. Uh, he's never, he, he hadn't seen. This expression of my healing journey, he was seeing me go through, you know, all types of uh, healing work and modalities. But my business, sacred touch body work, no, he did not see that. And my father was a, a nurse; um, he he had a nursing degree, but he also um, had a master's in health administration. And my mother is a nurse, and my dad's brother was a like the first black medical doctor in my hometown. So seeing some of this expression of how I show up in the health or wellness realm. Uh, you know, he didn't really get to see that actualized, but he saw the beginnings of it. So, yeah.
0: I'm gonna back up a little bit because you said mm-hmm. you specialize in Thai massage. So yeah. what's the difference what between Thai massage and a regular massage?
1: And regular massage. Okay. Well, one, there's all types of massage modalities out there. But generally when people think of massage, They think of a massage table, right, where you're draped and, you know, you have um, some skin exposed, maybe the back or the leg or whatever. We all know that visual image. We also may think of an airport where there's chair massage or massage on, um, you know, a lot of women um, get their pedicures and they think of massage during a pedicure pedicure at the low leg um, or the feet. So I think everyone understands, or, you know, you think of massage with your significant other, your spouse, your lover, your best friend, whatever, however that works, people think of massage therapy in that way. Um, So that's the table and the chair is more of a Western massage modality. Thai massage is um, originated out of Thailand, but they don't own Thai massage the Chinese do it Indian people do it African people you know work with bodies you know bodies uh, have are indigenous all around the world so no one owns you know how you work with um, uh, bodies but Thai massage traditionally is done uh, fully clothed Um, it's a series of hands-on work, you may use your hands, you may use your thumbs, you may use your elbows, you might use your feet, you might use your knee. It's a little bit different than what most people are familiar with when they see oil on a table with, you know, skin-to-skin contact. There is still skin-to-skin contact, but you're fully clothed.
0: How is that? How is the skin intense? How is it skin-to-skin with you being fully clothed?
1: Uh uh-huh. So, you know, we have feet <laughs> that exactly. may not have socks on. And so there's a part of working with the feet. Um, there's also your head. Um, there's also your arms. You know, most people are not coming, you know, fully wrapped up like a mummy. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, traditional Thai massage um, and not everyone who practices Thai massage. Some people never use oils and stuff. The way my understanding through Thai medicine is that, if you have a certain issue, let's just say with your neck, right? Your neck and shoulder, which is common for people to have neck tension, shoulder tension, back tension, um, especially in the world where we're sitting at a computer all day, every day. We have this forward head position a lot or looking down at our phones a lot. So I might use a bomb on the neck area, you know, that's exposed, or I might pull the shirt, you know, uh, away so that I can contact the skin directly. So that's what I mean. There still are opportunities for skin to skin, uh, contact depending on what, you know, the, the person, um, is, uh, experiencing in their body.
0: I, I saw a couple of videos where you were doing them outside. Is that the, is that <laughs> the norm?
1: No, it is not.
0: <laughs> it is not.
1: You know why I originally started doing them outside, and this is well before the pandemic. Is because most I my clientele is ninety nine point nine percent black people, mm-hmm. and um, most people most people black white or other have not necessarily experienced Thai massage, right and. In the yoga community, it's become pretty popular and people learn Thai massage within like the yoga studios and stuff like that. But the reason why I started doing short sessions at certain um, festivals like Black Love Festival and other things is because I really uh, value The therapeutic benefit of Thai massage. And most people in our community and the Black community had never heard of it. And so, trying to explain to someone, you know, verbally what Thai massage is, can be hard. So, I would go to certain events and set up a space where some people were doing chair massage, you know, that's regular. You go to a festival, you see people doing chair massage. And I would take my Thai mat and I would do 15, 20 minute sessions of Thai massage. So that people visually looking can say, oh, what is that? You know, and then their curiosity is peaked. or maybe I'll do a video and then they have a visual of what it is I'm talking about. So that's kind of how I started doing Thai massage outside. Sometimes that's not my regular practice. That's just sometimes. Mm.
0: You mentioned that you studied um, in Thailand. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. How important was that to you to study Mm -hmm. over there since you were doing Thai massages?
1: Right. So I actually was introduced to Thai massage while I was in massage therapy school. And most people don't realize that when you go to massage therapy school, it's a minimum in most cases of 600 hours. And so like for me, it took a year and a half to go through massage therapy school. People like what just to touch someone or rub their back or whatever. (laughs) Right. But we're learning about boundaries and ethics and anatomy and all these types of things with massage therapy. So while I was in massage therapy school, uh, a class, mate of mine was from Thailand and we were learning table massage in massage therapy school. And we were exposed to all types of other types of massage, like polarity. It, I'm not even going to get in. There's so many different types of body work modalities. Um, so I did, my first teacher was a yoga teacher. She did a great job She because she inspired me when I started taking, it was like a 50 hour course. I don't, I don't remember the amount of hours. Um, and I fell in love with Thai massage. I just fell in love with how I could move my body, how I wasn't constricted to just standing and using my hands and my elbows per se. And then the day after I finished uh, massage therapy school, uh, I went to Thailand um, and traveled there and took some more courses in Thailand. So mm -hmm.
0: what was that experience like being in Thailand?
1: Yeah. So um, Thailand was amazing. Uh, Up through this point, well, I started really traveling more than 22 years ago and um, have been traveling all over Africa and all over the world right now. I think I've been to 26 countries, um, like at least maybe 10 or 11 or so in Africa and the rest, You know, I've been to India and China. So it wasn't an experience for me where I had never been out of this country. So by the time I went to Thailand, I had probably been to 20 countries. I, I, I don't know exactly how many at that time, a few years ago when I went to Thailand. Um, so the reason it was important for me to go to Thailand is because I wanted to honor the tradition and the culture of which I was studying uh, Thai massage. And so I was able to go there and go to, um, it's called the Chetawan School and it's out of the Wat po Temple. And so typically Thai massage is generated out of like the monks were doing that. Um, so of course now that's not the only people who do um, Thai massage and it's under the umbrella of Thai medicine, but it was very important for me to kind of get on the land, feel the energy of what it was I was doing. There is a prayer that's done, um, before typically not all Thai massage practitioners do it, especially here in the West. I do try to do it. Um, it's called the Y crew and it's basically a a prayer that honors your teachers honors the, you know, the father of Thai medicine. It honors, you know, the Buddha because most of, um, Thailand is Buddhist. Uh, so there's all of these different aspects that help you understand like the, the, the groundwork and the framework of how Thai massage is traditionally practiced. And I thought that was very important. It is still very important for me to know that.
0: Do you feel going there has made you a, um, a bad, like helped you with your craft, like make you even better? Just Absolutely. cause you was actually in that space.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely helped me. And I've continued to study here with all types of different teachers, Western teachers, non-Thai. Most of the people teaching Thai massage are non-Thai. And so, yeah, that was a profound experience for me to be in Thailand and to, you know, receive instruction firsthand, you know, from Thai people. And, you know, and there are different styles, even in Thailand. It's not like one style, there there are multiple types of styles of Thai massage.
0: Mm-hmm. How long were you there?
1: Um, I was only in Thailand for two and a half weeks, I believe.
0: Mm-hmm. You say only.
1: <laughs> oh well, uh, yeah. Is that that's that's not that's a long time. Is that, I mean, feel like that,
0: uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, I get well. I you know what? I guess when you, I guess when you put it in terms of where you're at, two weeks, I guess is not that long because you still gotta get acclimated with the time and the weather,
1: Ooh, don't you? Though, but yeah, and the reason for me again, having traveled a lot, you know, I I spent almost six months in Senegal, West Africa, my first, uh, well, my second journey. Um, And I've spent four months in Ghana. um, And then I've had multiple, multiple trips to the continent of Africa. And, you know, I've spent three weeks here. I'm headed to Tanzania in October for three weeks. So for me now, um, I guess two weeks is almost, I tell people who are (laughs) thinking about traveling, you know, that long, you know, when you're traveling like upwards of 24 hours to get to a place, I would suggest you go at a minimum two weeks, you know, because if you go a week, that's one whole day of traveling, one whole two, I mean, two whole days traveling there and back. And then, like you said, you have to adjust to the time zones and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: I was listening to a podcast that you were on and you talked about, um, actual having physical pain because Mm -hmm. of stress. And I don't Mm -hmm. think enough people know that. So I wanted you to talk Mm -hmm. more about that
1: mm <laughs> Wow. That, that, that's a great question. And it's a mouthful. I think, um, well, I think what I'll do is offer just a bit of personal information about myself. So I, um, back in 2014, I was struggling with, my heart was racing. I didn't even really realize it was racing. I was fatigued. I was, my muscles were tired. There was all types of things going on. And Finally, one day after work, I just took myself to the hospital, to the urgent care. And while I was there, they said my heart rate was 145 at rest. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I didn't, I wasn't even aware. That's the crazy part. And And then, you know, they did all these tests. They diagnosed me with Graves' disease, which is an autoimmune disorder of the thyroid. And, you know, so I went through some Western medications for that. And they basically said, that you, um, you know, pretty much you'd be on medication for the rest of your life type of deal. And I was on the hunt of, and even at this point, I was dealing with natural practices, natural herbs and other stuff. And what I realized is that it was stress. It, it, it was stress that was causing me to be ill. Um, it wasn't anything other than stress. So I started making some real clear necessary changes also there's a an african centered woman named Queen of uh, um, your listeners might um, have heard of her she teaches from an African holistic perspective and I had went to a um, book signing of hers and we were talking and she was talking about diet and dairy and all this other type of stuff and you know I had that on lock what I didn't have on lock was managing my stress and that was wreaking Havoc on my body, dis ease, right? We think of disease, that's dis ease. So, stress we know can affect the heart. There's a lot of our community walking around with heart disease, um, diabetes, all types of things, anxiety. The sky's the limit how stress shows up in the body, Um, whether it be through the muscles, whether it be through the nervous system, whether it be through your digestive system, right? Stress, a lot of people are having irritable bowel syndrome, not being able to go to the bathroom regularly as you should be, there's constipation, all because of stress. So um, yeah, stress is a major factor. And I'll just say back to that Graves' disease. I haven't taken any medications for that. It's been, what, nine, eight, nine years. I mean, one, I can count on one hand's hand the amount of Western medication I've taken literally in the past eight years on, on one hand. And that includes headache, anything, less than five times. And I can tell you each time why I took the Western medication. And so that Graves' disease, no, I did not have to take that medication for the rest of my life because I recognized what was causing it. And now that I've a you know focused on that, and I still get stressed, man. I have two businesses and sit on the board <laughs> of another one. <laughs> stress is a is a constant balancing act. So
0: well, see, I mean, let's let's state it for how do you what do you do to manage the stress? Because because you know so much, you know how detrimental mm-hmm. stress can be. Mm-hmm probably more you you know more than most people how detrimental it could be so because you know so much and the damages it can cause how do you what do you do yourself to like alleviate it
1: stress? Mm-hmm. yeah personally i have a regular yoga practice and i've been practicing yoga for 20 years but I, I have a regular consistent yoga practice um i dance west african dance and just you know whatever the booty called electric slide whatever you want to call if the wedding is going on I'm dancing, right? And dancing helps to relieve stress. People think you have to go to the gym. You have to do all these things to relieve stress. You could take a walk. Our breath, I should have started there. The most fundamental aspect of relieving stress is the breath and people would say what we're all breathing i hope we all are because if you're not you you know you're you're making your transition out of this realm <laughs> to the next one but most of us are not consciously breathing and by consciously breathing now we're regulating our breath our life life force our how our heart you know regulates itself how our internal um organs circulate oxygen and most of us are breathing from a, a fight or flight type of position where it's shallow breathing, we're not getting full deep breaths. So I would say that's been my number one and I'm still working on you know, catching myself and doing uh, breathing ex- exercises to help control and consciously use my breath to my greatest health advantage.
0: Wow. I, now, I'm really interested that you said that because I've never heard that. So there's actual mm-hmm. like breathing techniques you can use to mm-hmm. like alleviate stress.
1: Absolutely. And there's so many. Um, I'll share just one that comes off the top of my head. So just take a moment just to sit in your seat in an erect with an erect spine
0: mm-hmm.
1: and take a long, deep inhale in through the nose, allowing the belly to expand and inhale for the count of four. And then at the end of that count of four, hold the breath for a count of two. Then naturally allow your exhale to exit through your nose, allowing that abdomen to uh, relax back towards the spine for another count of four. So you would do that over and over. You would inhale in through the nose. One, two, three, four, hold for two. And exhale four, three, two, one. I did it kind of quickly for right. sake of time, but you could start there, just doing that simple exercise over and over again. But you can um, expand that where people can inhale on account of, 10, you know, you think you start and you're like, how can you hold an inhale for the count of 10? Because the more you start working with the breath, the more your lung capacity will expand. Your diaphragm is a muscle. Your Mm -hmm. respiratory system, just like, you know, brothers go to the gym, they working out, they're like, I'm gonna work out these biceps, the triceps, there are pecs. The respiratory system also is centered around diaphragmatic muscles. So when you start to breathe shallow, you can't get full breaths in. So as you start to cultivate the breath and consciously breathe, you start to expand and work those muscles and allow the oxygen to come in uh, deeper and allow the carbon dox- dioxide and other toxic activities, you know, to be um, uh, expired, literally expired, expiration.
0: <laughs> See, so basically, you have to make a you have to make a concerted effort to control your breathing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and we think about, you know, this beautiful design of the creator that God has given us about how the breath operates where we're not even thinking about it and it's autonomic, right? We're really, we're not thinking about it unless you have asthma, you have an asthma attack or through COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Um People were focused on the breath because what was happening to people? Their lungs were getting filled with fluid. People were literally being put on ventilators. And so now people are thinking about, oh my gosh, how can I help to build up you know, uh, my breathing capacity? So really starting to look at the breath as this source of life and starting to find and cultivate practices like Wim Hof has breathing exercises where basically he starts to control his whole environment so that when he sits or a person who's practicing Wim Hof methods, they can sit in freezing cold, you know, water for several minutes and be able to endure it just by controlling uh, their breath. And so, you know, and that's when you get into mastery and, you know, the masters of Reiki and yoga, and they start working with the breath. But the point I wanted to make, as I did um, digress a, a little bit, is the, the creativity of the creator and the breath is that if, you know, you're being chased by a bear, right, <laughs> or some, uh, somebody, you know, is a, trying to rob you and they got a knife, you know, or you're at gunpoint and you have to run, right? Mm-hmm. you're not going to be taking long, slow, deep breaths, right? You're going to just <laughs> get up, you know, get the knees up, <clears throat> you know, you're going to move your arm and you will to get out of there. Right. That That's why the shallow breathing is there. It is help, And, but when you're, when you're in that fight or flight mechanism and you're breathing shallow and you're trying to, you know, get, what is necessary to get up out of a dangerous situation, your body's not thinking about resting and digesting, right? That's the last thing the body's caring about. The the body is like, let's leave this dangerous situation. I'm gonna deal with rest and digest later. So. We're not not necessarily running from bears, you know, on our day to day, or hopefully we're not being threatened with a gun on our day to day. Some people are, Um, or living in environments where they're constantly having to be on high alert. But even something as simple as our work that we're doing is creating stresses that are making us act as if we're being chased by the bear. So we're breathing really shallow. We're breathing really quickly. We're not Breathing slow, calm and easy to allow ourselves the opportunity to repair repair our, you know, um, our muscle tissues and our digestive system. So it is that's the greatest gift that we can give ourselves for free every day is to learn to breathe.
0: Because we because uh, Western culture relies on medicine so much. We know how much it drives, how how much a money-making business it is. Do you think that's one of the big reasons that they don't even teach us simple things like breathing correctly?
1: Absolutely. I think that there's so much that we know. We have innate body wisdom. Our body knows what to do. And when, we're, when we place our body in optimal positions, the body will take care of us. But it is not normal to... Work in the ways that we are working in a Western society. It is not normal to be as isolated as some of us are in a Western society without community, without, you know, culture, without these things. All of this, um, you know, is, has to be by design, you know, from a Western nature because the focus is generally, and we have pockets of culture, pockets of, uh, health and wellness you know throughout all of um, the West and I'm not trying to come completely down on our western activities. but we also know that money drives most and capitalism drives most Western activities. And so yeah, there are certain things that are designed that are not putting our health back into our own hands and looking at the trees and the plants that are outside of our you know direct, um, house or in our communities that we can turn to first. Instead, we have this quick knee jerk reaction. Oh, I have a headache. I have. I must take this Western made pill to, to take care of our um, headache. The breath can help you to relieve headaches. Mm. Acupressure points can help you relieve headaches. These are simple things that we're not being taught and we're just popping pills and killing our liver while we're doing it.
0: Yeah. Mm you said you said a word that actually made me think of something you said knee jerk mm-hmm. and i thought about <laughs> i thought about one of your posts on instagram you was talking about um you you had like a um you had your knee wrapped like i guess you had like a knee injury mm-hmm. or something.
1: yes i did mm-hmm. so
0: you were you said you had to run through the airport um you you put a lot of stress mm-hmm. on your knee mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you but then you in the same video you you showed yourself like at the beach doing like mm-hmm. these different stretches and you said like you you said something like your leg was out of alignment mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. put it back in alignment i'm like wait is that even possible
1: <laughs> I, I love that you paid attention to all of that but yeah first of all of course if some imagine anything and i like i was thinking about the term body work for cars where people understand kind of, oh, cars and working on the body and always say, well, I like to work on humans. But if your car is out of alignment, don't you take it to the mechanic and what do they do? They put it back in alignment. (laughs) It doesn't just stay out of alignment, right? If you know, if you're an expert in your field, you know how to put the body back into alignment. It's the same way with our bodies. A lot of things that we think have to be resolved by surgery or by something outside of ourselves, some of it, especially when it comes to the knees, sometimes there it's just a matter of uh, muscles like within you know the quads or the IT band that have gotten tight. And then you start to foam roll or do other activities that now helps to relieve that tension. And because anything that's tense is going to yank on something. So it's not able to operate and move fluidly and naturally. So if something gets tight and tense, now it's putting things out of alignment and most of um, body work. And it has to do with things that are out of alignment. Imagine two, two things. One for maybe geared towards more men or more women. And this is not, you know, exclusive to these genders, but one is women or or people wearing heels, right? Mm -hmm. What happens when you wear heels, even men, if it's a small heel or boots or Timberlands with a two inch, you know, heel or women with stilettos, what's that going to do when you're walking around like that every day? It's going to throw your back out of alignment. It's going to throw your knees out of alignment. It's going to do that. What about men who drive, like truck drivers or the Amazon Prime guy or whomever, and they sit with their wallet that's like two inches thick, you know, because they don't necessarily carry a purse maybe, mm-hmm. and they sit with it in their pocket. Now, imagine your hip. One side has the wallet, the other side doesn't. And then they're wondering why, you know, their back is aching. That's because that wallet is creating, you know, situation where the hip, and the low back is out of alignment. But we're not thinking about that. And if you start to think about that, then you'll know how to put yourself back into alignment.
0: So wait a minute, something <laughs> something, as small, something as small as a wallet can actually throw uh, your body alignment Absolutely, absolutely. It's one of, all you gotta do is Google for yourself.
1: Uh, yeah, but, and people don't realize it. And you know, and when you're driving and a lot of people pre-COVID, and even now people are getting back to work, um, you know regularly most people are and not teleworking if that's the option you know you spend all that like an hour in commute an hour back that's two hours of a day that if you ha- if you're doing something like that you're sitting out of alignment with one hip hiked up lower and sometimes with my clients when we're doing time massage people say oh my one leg is shorter than the other I work on them for 30 seconds I, I take and put their toes together and maybe the one is ahead of the other and I show it to them I'm saying okay here here's where we're starting yeah this one looks longer and I work and I pull on their hip and I move that hip around and pull and then I show them within like less than five minutes now they're the same equal length they're like oh my god I was told that that was you know that my leg is just longer and I accepted that No, you probably have some compensating patterns that have allowed you to put weight on one side versus the other, maybe due to trauma, due to an accident, due to a broken bone. And now that hip and all of the tendons and ligaments around it have gotten tight. And when you focus on stretching those, now you come and bring your legs back into alignment and your hips back into alignment.
0: Mm -hmm. Is massage therapy covered under insurance?
1: Um, Yeah, in some cases it is. Um, And it also um, depends on the therapist, if they can accept insurance, like, but that's a whole tedious process. So for me, I don't accept insurance because you have to register and you have to go through, it's a lot of different things. So that's not something I choose to go down that right. But as a licensed massage therapist, I can work in hospitals and, you know, if someone's um, massage would cover it, then they could do it. If, But a lot of times you have to bill through the insurance. And so you have to be set up to accept that type of billing structure. Um, But some of my clients come to me um, using their FSA, you know, where they set the money aside, you know, for their pharmaceuticals or other items, you know, pre-tax opportunities. And, you know, by the end of the year, you have to spend that money. Some of those FSA spending accounts are covered by massage therapy. A lot of times people don't realize that. Um, and and there's different you know protocols like you have to have a licensed massage therapist and give them an invoice and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back to that that same video where you talked about aligning your knee yourself. Mm-hmm. You also talked about because you were on the beach. You were, mm-hmm. you were I, I can't remember that exactly. it was a St. Martin. St. Mm-hmm. Martin. You mm-hmm. were on the beach in the sand, and you talked and you mentioned like how important it was for you to be around water. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, why is it important for you to be around water?
1: Mm, interesting. So I just hosted a wellness event with my qigong teacher and friend, um, literally this past weekend, and we had what fifteen participants, and it was um, the title of his course um, was Elemental Water Magic. Elemental Water Magic, and um, so this idea of water is just an amazing one, you know. Our body, what is it mostly comprised of? Water is water, right? Mm-hmm. When we came into this life, in the uh, in most cases, I mean, I don't know everything about technology, but you know, when you're in the womb, uh, you know, you're in this amniotic fluid, right? Water. Mm-hmm. What other waters of the body? We have our urine. We have our reproductive uh, waters, our semen. Um, you have synovial fluid. There's so many layers and rivers and oceans that dwell within us, right? And if you think about water from the perspective of indigenous and spiritual practices, what happens when a Christian says, I commit to changing my life and giving my life to Christ, they go to the river or baptismal pool and they get dunked into water. Or when a baby is born and they christen the baby, what, they sprinkle water you know, on the head. Or if you're in a traditional African spiritual practice or many other practices, um, you do a spiritual bath or you do a cleanse. We all know that when we don't take a bath, don't take a bath for three days and see how you feel, like see how you feel. You're not just going to be funky and stinky. You're you're just going to feel. And when you go and take a bath or take a shower, when you come out, you're like ready for the world. There's a reason for that, because water helps to carry the impurities and the toxins out of the body. And that's why it's important to hydrate drinking it and putting it in the body. But it's also important to submerge the body and to be near, you know, the ocean. I mean, that's a powerful uh opportunity on so many levels that I could be here all night talking about the ocean and or the rivers and they each you know we have waters that come from the heavens rain water which is different than the river waters which is different than the ocean water which is different you know than a, a babbling brook which is different than stagnant standing water right we think of mud puddles what yeah. happens when something is not moving and the water is stuck you see mosquitoes you see you know, maybe mold or some other type of stagnant activity. It's the same thing in your body.
0: Mm.
1: If, your bo- if the, body the uh, waters of your body are not moving, you're going to have stagnancy. You're going to have tension. You're going to have pain. You may even have odor, <laughs> right? Mm. Literally. If you're dehydrated, you're not mm. drinking, your body is going to be putrid. Literally, you are going to be uh, having a smell. Your defecation is going to have a smell. It's going to impact your body.
0: So how do we get that water moving? How we
1: get the water moving?
0: Mm -hmm. In our bodies.
1: One drink, more of it. (laughs) 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 Most of us are dehydrated and, you know, drink water that is, has live minerals and, you know, maybe spring water or alkaline water. um, But not water where all of the impure, like tap water has a lot of other things to help purify you know, to make it drinkable, but it also has stripped a lot of the natural minerals out of the water. Um, so there's just research about the varying types of water. One of my herbalist friends and teachers, he just talks about spring water as one of the options. And he says if it's spring water, look on the jug and see where, what spring it came from. Mm. And I thought that was a powerful statement. Like, wow, where did this water come from? If it's really spring water, it will have a name of what spring it came from. Um, So drinking more water helps the waters in our bodies to flow. Movement helps the waters to flow because that starts to move our joints. You know, you get older and people are like, oh, I'm older. My joints are stiff. It's just age. No, it's lack of movement. It's not just age because when we age, we tend to move less and now our bodies are stiff and we need the lubrication to flow. And so, you know, moving your wrists, moving your knees, moving your elbows, moving your toes, moving your ankles, your head helps to get the waters um, to flow. And then also submerging in water, you know, helps the waters to to move, you know, the skin's the largest, what, kind of organ. So, you know, get it in through that way.
0: And you talked about that on a podcast, submerging yourself in water and meditating. Do you do that daily?
1: <laughs> oh, wow. You really have listened. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's crazy is I, I don't, I've lost track. It might be seven or eight years now. I don't take showers as my normal morning routine. I take baths. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I. It's like, I, how did this get to be eight years or so? Um, and how it started, Deepak Chopra, which is a world-renowned, you know, meditation, um, in, an Indian um, man who like has been on Oprah and other places, and he does a lot of free meditation, twenty-one um, day meditation um, series. And this was years ago, like over eight years ago. I did one, and I'd been meditating with Deepak Chopra for years prior to this. But this particular day, I was listening to the 21 day meditation in while I was taking a bath and I just dropped into the meditation and felt the experience of the water. And so the next day I did it again. And now just eight years later, (laughs) I'm still taking baths (laughs) as my normal course. And sometimes I put like Epsom salts or, you know, petals or essential oils or whatever um and it's not always a long, luxurious bath because I don't always have time for that. You know, sometimes it's quick, submerge, take a bath, get out, you know, and go. But I found for me, taking submerging myself helped my sh- I've struggled with anxiety for many, many years, and just taking that pause in a bath of water and just allowing the water to submerge um, over me. When I can't get to an ocean because DC doesn't have any oceans. (laughs) You know, so I can't always get to the ocean. So my bathtub is the next best thing for me on the regular until I can get to some blue waters. So, okay.
0: I want to close out with this. Um, You mentioned that you're an avid reader. Mm -hmm. What's the most important book that you've read that's influenced you?
1: Well, I, I want to say a couple things. Well, the one I always say about books is Of Water and Spirit. That's why I'm laughing. Um, it's a book um, by Maladomo Sameh, which is about, it's an African-centered book about a man from Burkina Faso and how he was, as a young age, as an African boy, was put into, you know, a Catholic um, boarding school and he lost all of his culture. Uh, or he was separated from his culture and then how at a certain age i forget what the age was he found his way back home walked miles back to his village and at older than the rest of his peers he went through his rites of passage and learned to cultivate his traditional um activities and so i always recommend of water and spirit because that was just a powerful book i've met um, uh, he has now passed um, but uh but I also read a lot of books on um, Chinese medicine, Thai medicine, African traditional medicine. And, you know, I'm a, I'm an avid reader, so I'm always reading. So.
0: Well, I want to take the time to thank you for doing this because you got, you got the, uh, the sacred body touch, you got your other businesses. <laughs> so I really appreciate you taking out the time to do this.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate you having me and use. you, finding, um, this information valuable, um, for ourselves and sharing with others. I just think it's so important. So I really appreciate you building a platform that helps us grow in so many different dynamic ways. So yep. Thank you.
0: Definitely. Can you please tell the people how they can follow you and, and maybe get a, a service with the, uh, sacred body.
1: Uh, so the name of my business is sacred touch, Um, I actually am very particular. I, my massage practice is out of my home. So I don't take strangers. You have to uh, have a referral. Um, but DC, if you're in the local DC area, I know pretty much a whole lot of people. And um, I normally can establish uh, a mutual, you know, friend. Um, but yeah, sacredtouchbodywork.com is my website.
0: Okay. And you also have an Instagram, correct?
1: I do. Yeah, sacredtouchbodywork.
0: Work. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Again, all the best with the um, with the sacred touch, because it's very it's very uh, powerful from what I've seen. So I wish you all the best with it.
1: Well, thank you. And just one quick note on sacred touch is, you know, our body is a temple, right? Mm -hmm. You don't just let anybody come up on our bodies, let alone our tennis shoes and all that stuff. So when we remember touch is sacred, touch is healing, you know, and I try to approach touch in that way. Um, so that we can heal through whatever it is. You know, some people have had traumatic experiences through touch, but it doesn't have to be because touch is literally sacred.
0: Wow, thank you for that because that's important to know. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And I want to take this time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate the support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.